welcome back to the LiveWire Politics Podcast. I am your host, David Stanky, and thank you for joining today. We're going to do a new segment called the 10-Minute Download. So one topic, 10 minutes, and we'll just get right to it. So thanks again for listening. So today we're going to talk about the gender pay gap. And the reason I chose this particular topic is because Like so many other topics, this is a representation of kind of the way that we think in American society. We so often hear a statement or we hear a statistic and we don't start to peel back the onion to understand the context or the narrative or the history or the story that that particular statistic tells us. Because what we have been told is that women, on average, make only 77 cents on the dollar compared to their male peers. And we've heard presidents, politicians, advocacy groups hold up signs saying, equal pay for equal work. And to all that rhetoric, we would all agree that yes, you should be paid equally if you have the same background, same qualifications, and are working the same job. Is that statistic true? Is it an incomplete statement? Or is it flat out false? And the answer, drum roll, is a combination of all three. Now that doesn't fit on a bumper sticker and that doesn't fit on a campaign sign. However, that is the truth. So for the next 10 minutes, we're going to peel back the layers and actually see what is the root cause of that statistic. And maybe, just maybe, that will recalibrate the way that we think about many other issues. Okay, so how do we actually get that 77 cents on the dollar statistic? So if you take all of the earnings for full-time working men and divide that by all of the earnings for full-time working women, that gets you the 77 cents on the dollar statistic. Again, we use the term earnings, not pay. What we really have is a gender earnings gap, not a gender pay gap, as we will soon find out. Pay gap means you've got individuals working the same job, making a discrepancy between those two pay rates. And earnings is the amount of income that is actually being brought into the household. And this is absolutely critical that we understand the difference between pay and earnings. Because if we have a true gender pay gap, then there is an injustice and we should do something about that. But if it is an earnings gap, we have to ask the question, why? Why is that the case? And the answer to all of this is choices. That 77 cents statistic does not take into account occupation, education, position, or the amount of hours worked per week. And that is absolutely critical because again, the amount of money that is coming in and with all of those factors needs to be considered. And so there was a study that was done by the American Association of University Women, which is a more progressive organization. And they found that when you take all of those factors into consideration, the gap shrinks to about 6.6 cents as opposed to 23 cents. And again, we talk about the key word, choices. And really the small wage gap that now exists doesn't really have much to do with paying a woman less than a man. It has nothing to do with sexism. It has everything to do with individual career choices that both men and women make. And we often get tripped up on that very notion because too often we assign value to a monetary measure. And so often the choices that we make now in the 21st century 
are not based intrinsically in the amount of income or money that we make, but rather the impact that we're able to make within our family structure or within the greater society at large. And so that has to be a first and foremost, a primer before we even go into any more of the conversation. So let's talk about the five highest paying degrees versus the five lowest paying degrees and the comparison between male and female in those majors. So let's talk about the top five paying degrees. Okay, number one, petroleum engineering, 87% male. Number two, pharmaceutical sciences, 48% male. Mathematics and computer sciences, 67% male. Aerospace engineering, 88% male. Chemical engineering, 72% male. So notice, out of those top five, there is only one major that has more women than men, and it's only by a few percentage points. Again, an observation. All right, top five lowest paying majors. Number one, counseling and psychology, 74% female. Number two, early childhood development, 97% female. Number three, theology and religious vocations, 66% male. Number four, human sciences and community organization, 81% female. And number five, social work, 88% female. Now again, in this bottom five, there's only one major that has more males than females. And again, we go back to assigning value. All of those majors, you can find that there is absolute value into the work that is being done in each one of those categories. Being a social worker and supporting at-risk youth has incredible societal value. They just don't pay very well. Now let's look to the wide world of sports where there is often touted a huge gender pay gap. And we hear that and we think, geez, we need to fix this injustice. That argument tends to lose a whole lot of steam when we actually look at the numbers on paper. For example, let's look at the NBA versus the WNBA. The top NBA player makes around $37 million a year. The top WNBA player makes about $240,000 a year. The mascot for the Denver Nuggets makes over $600,000 a year, almost three and a half times the amount of the highest paid WNBA player. And in fact, the average mascot in the NBA only makes 60000 which is a huge pay gap. And so we might think on paper, geez, we've got to do something about this. But then we look at the revenues that are brought in and compare the NBA versus the WNBA. So on a yearly basis, the WNBA takes in $60 million a year, while the NBA takes in a whopping $8 billion a year. And so in terms of relative pay scale, of course, you bring in more revenue, you're going to be paid more money. And this goes both ways. It wasn't just a few years ago that Ronda Rousey, a female UFC fighter, was the highest paid fighter in all of UFC. And when asked about this in a press conference overseas, reporter asked her to comment on the gender pay gap issue in various different sports, being the highest paid athlete in her particular sport. And she said, 
that the owners of UFC are not trying to do something nice for the ladies. In fact, she believes that the amount of money she makes should be in proportion to the amount of revenue she brings in, which was the case. And so, again, this goes both ways. If we look in the area of modeling, we find that female models make an incredible amount of money when compared to their male model peers. Even Zoolander. On any given year, if you take all of the male models combined, they make about $8 million. If you take the highest paid female model, she makes three times that amount by herself. Is that a reflection of injustice within that particular industry? Or are there certain biological advantages that translate to advantages within the marketplace? And circling back up to choices. Now, there has been a lot of analysis and research into this topic. And again, individual choice has a huge impact on the amount of earnings that one is bringing in. And one of those dynamics uh, that is very prominent is the need for temporal flexibility. That is, flexibility in hours, location, etc. within the workplace. Family structure is another huge component. And if, for example, a woman wants to be in a caregiving role, whether they're caring for children or someone else that's needing that care within the family, they're going to need more flexibility. And as a result, promotions often run scarce, as well as long-term in income potential. But that is, again, a trade-off, right? We are trading one thing for another. And there has been an analysis done on the 105 top occupations. And they've looked at the gender wage gap. And they found that the biggest gaps actually are in three different industries. Law, finance, and self-employment. And if you break down all three of those industries, you find that there are some themes that pop up within law and finance. And even owning a small business it requires an incredible amount of time. It's taxing. And it requires limited temporal flexibility. You've got to be on call. You've got to be pumping in hours. And that impacts someone's ability to have temporal flexibility within their role. And work on average 44 hours a week compared to women who work 41 hours a week. There's a Harvard economist named Claudia Goldman who's done a lot of work on this particular issue. And both she and her husband are both Harvard professors. In an interview, she admitted that she makes more than her husband does, but she also has more tenure. But if she were to walk away from her position at Harvard and go to a smaller school, for example, she would still have professor as her job title, but she would be making less money, but she would also have lesser demands on her life. And that would be a result of the choice that she made. But if you were to look at the overall aggregate data for that 77 cents on the dollar, again, you're taking the amount of money she is making as a full-time worker, as a professor, and then comparing that to now her husband, who will be making quite a bit more. But it doesn't factor in those life choices and what is ultimately most important for either one of them. And all of these choices reveal something very important. That is, there are, in fact, differences between men and women. Differences in personality and differences in our sociology. And the scientists have looked at this time and time again, and they have concluded that on average, men tend to work more with things as women tend to work more with people. And that is why you see a higher percentage of women in healthcare and in education and in social services, while you see a much higher percentage of men in various construction-related activities. 99% of underwater welders are men. 
99% of bricklayers are men. It does not mean that there is an injustice within those fields. It is the choice of those folks to work those particular jobs. And I think we get lost thinking about wanting to assign blame because we feel that there is an injustice taking place where if we were to really ask better questions, we might find that in fact there is a story to be told. And yes, we can say that there is injustice, there is discrimination that still takes place in this field. However, is that the predominant theme? Is that the reason that women make 77 cents on the dollar compared to men? Or is there more to that story? Is this really more of an income gap or an earnings gap as compared to a pay gap? I'll let you be the judge. But I, for one, I want a society that is not purely identical and genderless. I want diversity. I want us to have a complementary society that places an emphasis on values. And so that we're all not going for the same thing. And that, in fact, the marketplace economy offers a variety of different methods and modes to find happiness and to give value, produce value. And it's not always tied to an income statement, a paycheck, a 1099 or a W-2. And that's going to wrap up this episode. Now, as you can see, there is a whole lot more that could be talked about. We could go down a lot of different lanes and discuss this further. But again, the purpose of this episode was to do a 10-minute or so topic and download of the most important issues and facts. And then you can do the research from there. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, another one will be coming up of a similar nature, and then we'll maybe go back to the more long-form uh, episodes in which we can dive into some of these issues a little bit more. So again, thank you for listening. If you can support the podcast by providing a comment and a like and a subscription on any of your favorite uh, podcasting networks, iTunes typically gets the most uh, of our downloads and views. So any uh, additional ratings you can add on iTunes would be much appreciated. All right. Well, it's almost election season. Hopefully you're reading up on your ballot propositions and your candidates and your local election races. Uh, ensure that you are paying attention to those local races as, as they always do have more of an impact on your daily life, uh, typically than any of those national races that seem to get more of the uh, exposure. So uh, with that, this is Live Wire Politics podcast. I am David Stanky. Enjoy the rest of your week.